Hello friends and welcome to episode 63 of Hearty Dice Friends. I'm Grant Howard and I'm joined as ever by my best friend in this whole wide world we call Earth, Christopher Taylor. Hello Chris. Hello. It is Monday That's when you're hearing Monday. this. It is, and we've been at UK Games Expo. That was, a weir- that was a weird um, intonation I put on that. Yeah. UK Games Expo. UK it's- Games Expo. We've been there, and it was astonishing, or scarring, or fine. It was one of those three states. It was one of those three things. We, we, we have been there all weekend, slaving over a hot table selling games with our friends at UFO Press, uh, Certain Death and Black Armada, and we have been... I'm sorry if I said anything to you about t-shirts. I'm sorry if I said anything to you. I didn't mean it. I was trying to get you to buy my games. Listen, listen. Before you you write in for a refund, you need to know, the shoes I like are very expensive. And he was very drunk. And Daddy need a new pair of shoes. <laughs> so maybe maybe you buy the special edition of Spire next time, huh? Yeah, maybe it's a yeah. waste in our time. Yeah. Seriously though, um, if you if you did come by at, at UK Games Expo, thank you very much. Thank you for swinging by and saying hello. We adore you. And I'm sorry if neither of us were there, <laughs> or one of us was accidentally offensive. <laughs> accidentally, Chris Grant. It's Podcast time. It's podcast o'clock. Mm. Ding, 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 ding. The big hands pointing to pod, the little hands pointing to cast. So, ask me a question, you giant horse. <laughs> big horse. Christopher, biggest of all available horses. Or, or as, I, as I should call you, Uncle Huge. <laughs> Massive daddies. Zimrilliam asks, what's a good game for a summer adventure? Oh, a summer adventure. Pineapples. Hawaiian shirts. Grass skirts. Beaches. Luau's. I'm going for a Hawaii I was about to say, it's a summer. very themed summer. Yeah, that's got true. Alright, sorry. Uh, British summers. So, wasps. Grass. Sweating. Outside fights. Public transport. Bright red men with their tops off. Ugh. Very, very, like with a lobsterish gleam. The second, the second that good old Mister Sun pokes his head out from, from from behind a cloud, there seems to be a real imperative for about half the men in England to take off their shirts when they really oughtn't. Mm. And people, people who have the worst feet in sandals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, feet are gross, aren't they? Yeah, but like there's, there's normal feet, and then there's just ugh. Feet. Oh, what is that? Yeah. Is that is, is, is that alive? It's just twisted up like a tree in a bayou. <laughs> it's summertime. Well, it will be summertime soon. It's May as we record this. It's, it's currently sweltering, though. Like it yeah, is hot it's a, and wet, it's, and we are not used absurd. to it. Yeah, it's fucking monsoon season. Mm. Thanks, previous generation, and yeah. currently this generation. Lightning and storming. And it's oh, I, all over the place. I didn't think London needed monsoons, and it fucking doesn't. <laughs> Half of London built on stilts. It's summer. What games are good for summer? I think something light, something summery. Whatever the um, whatever the equivalent of a Chardonnay is. <laughs> Not that I'll drink Chardonnay. It's piss. 
Yeah. <laughs> get a Pinot Grigio and just be happy. Get a Pinot Grigio and we'll fucking talk, all right? The only game, the game that instantly comes to mind is Summerland because it has summer in the title. Is that about Faye taking over the world? I believe so. Okay. I think that's maybe a bit long-winded and sad. It's post-apocalyptic, from what I can recall. We will not die in this cold winter. That's cool. Just like as an antithesis? Mm. So, like, you think games that are about cold things? Just because you're so hot. (laughs) That it'll cool you down mentally. Um, So, like, Dungeons & Dragons, but um, every time you roll to hit, you place a single ice cube on your back. (laughs) No, sorry, sorry. The GM places a single ice cube on your back and gives you a lingering stare in a lit boat. (laughs) I can just imagine this very very louche gaming group just lying about like Roman emperors. (laughs) Palming grapes into their open mouths. (laughs) The goblins attack from the north. Mm, delicious. <laughs> More wine, anyone? It's Chardonnay. Yeah. Pour it directly over my chest. You, lap it off. Mmm, Mmm, refreshing. So if, however, you don't have the sort of friends where you can pour Chardonnay all over yourself and I guess thus really damage or maybe ruin your chaise lounge. <laughs> and half of your role-playing books. Yeah. Oh, you, you know, you'd, you'd put down a top. You'd laminate <laughs> Put down a C through tough and make sure you put them you open them to an important page. <laughs> Wishu. Yeah, something we don't have to Wishu think. is nice, summary. Um I, I I will say, like, as as I've gotten older, I don't think I can have impromptu role playing games anymore. <laughs> you need because... to be organized and structured. Well, it needs to be organised and structured, but generally the person I try to have impromptu role-playing games with is Chris. And so I was like, oh, Chris, do you fancy... No! <laughs> I'm too I'm too hot, tired, sleepy or painful. Delete as appropriate. I'm too tall to play role-playing games. <laughs> I'm wearing too many shoes. Can't we just... Yeah, like you, you, the camera pans over and you're wearing five. <laughs> that was my own fault. Can we just write them and make money instead of playing them? <laughs> I think the problem is you want to play role-playing games I don't want to play. That Well, fair. I want to play like Ten Candles and indie shit. Yeah. Difficult indie games about feelings and you want to play boring games about D100 dice. They're not about D100 dice. They Some of them feature them fairly oh, heavily. Well, well, I mean, this RPG is about feeling and it has really interesting character arcs. But this RPG gives me a rating out of 100 of how I can use heavy machinery. And that strikes me as more important, said, said Chris yesterday. Yep, that is a dead-on quote for what I said dead yesterday. On, yeah, you, you said that. Yep. I was there. Why Why do you like these boring, dry games so much? I don't, they're not, first off, you, they're not boring. You sad dry. old man. You husk of a human. You withered out cat shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love you. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. Wow. No. It was a joke. I was being mean for funny, <laughs> but it wasn't. Oh. Oh. Oh, baby, don't cry. I like those games because they're fun. And I don't have to face up to anything. That's true. They're, they're, never, they're never confronting. I can just tell a nice horror story and just enjoy myself. Like... It's not going to explore your relationship with a family member. No, I don't have to confront anything that my therapist isn't telling me to confront currently. 
Maybe that could be our next game. Chris's therapy game. <laughs> I just report back every time I go to my therapist. Okay, I'm going to try and pick the lock. Uh, roll the d10. Uh, I got a seven. All right, doesn't matter. <laughs> I got a seven. It looks too hard, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So what do they need to succeed? I don't know. <laughs> More motivation and will. <laughs> Momentum. <laughs> different medication. Try, mate. You're fucking rattling. I don't think they can get you on any different medications. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, if, if if he were significantly smaller, you could, I could have a child uses a rattle. Or, I guess, a very big child. Yeah, let's just go with a, with a massive child. A massive baby. What are, what are the, so, like, so you're, you're thinking, like, Call of Cthulhu for summer? Something that's just, like, easy to play. Mm, perhaps, perhaps, yeah, easy to play. Because, like, I figure it doesn't matter how hard a game is to GM. Uh, the, 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 the role of GM is so self-centred that I, and every other GM, will we'll, we'll work through the hardest available fucking rule book just to have someone praise us. Yes. But players are persnickety. They are very persnickety. Hellacious persnickety. Hecker. Hecker persnickety. Mm. Hi. (laughs) Hi, I'm Hecker persnickety. Um, And so we, and so like, I think rather than having something which is a, a cooling or B has the word summer in the title, both of which are great, we need to think about games which you can persuade very hot, tired, probably drunk people to play. Yeah. So it kind of depends on how on on what size of nerd your friends are. Yeah, I mean, honestly, something like Dread might be quite good because you could play ah, that in the garden. Dread, but with Twister. <laughs> yes, the summer adventure. <laughs> That's what you want, isn't it? When it's forty degrees out, you want to play a game of Twister and get stuck to somebody. Hopefully, you play it at least in the shade on a vinyl mat. <laughs> Oh man, and like and, and like the, the 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 sun cream dripping down between bodies. Oh, oh I feel like I want to palm some grapes into my mouth and watch. <laughs> Glue you together like latex. I get very hedonistic in summer. <laughs> I'm eating my cigarettes. <laughs> that is not good for you. Just just chewing on a pipe. That's a lot of briar. Yeah. So we need something very straightforward to play. To run, doesn't matter. So we're talking Wushu. We're talking um, the opposite of Dark Heresy. Whatever whatever Dark Heresy isn't. That. Yes. Rysus. I haven't played Rysus in bloody years. That was fun. I don't think I've ever played Rysus. That's all right. Oh, the stick RPG. Yes. Yes, the stick RPG. Now, Chris, we played a couple of games of that. Can you remember how it was played? We drew pictures. Seems like instead of instead of your action, you have to draw what you do. I think that's right. But everyone everyone has a stick man. Yeah, yeah. I am very fun. slow and bad at drawing, but even I had fun. Yeah, I you drew a satellite at one point. I did. That was a big day. But um, so look up the rules for stick RPG and play that. And now it's my time to ask a question. It is indeed. Fossil Reef writes in and asks. Playing an RPG for the first time tonight. Any advice? Uh, go ham. Mm. I think when it's the you, best thing to do. Just when you walk in the room, it's like <laughs> so. Role playing games are a lot like prison. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, when you walk in that room, you've got to you've got to show that you're not to be fucked with. 
So immediately find the player there with the highest level character, the most optimized character, and just like beat them up, shiv them if you can. Yeah, do them dirty. Mm. And that's and like, and like you've got to do that first day, and then the others will respect you. Similarly, go up to the games master, give him a kiss. Yep, he's got to now, know who the boss is. You could, like like well, I I mean like maybe ask for consent first in that respect, but I guess like just by waggling your eyebrows enough and the. The GM should get it. You can kiss the other players; that's fine, but you shouldn't do it before you kiss the GM. No, there's an etiquette, obviously. Now, a lot of players they get confused over how many dice they should eat on their first time. Yes. How many? How many dice do you think? Okay, the answer is six, uh-huh. but no more than two from a single person. Yeah, that's true. Um, don't bring your own dice. That's a, that, that, that's a rookie mis- rookie maneuver. Yep. Do bring a pencil, but yep. do not bring a sharpened pencil. No, blunt pencil, because uh, you might be tempted to use it as a weapon during the fight section. If you followed our earlier advice and you've already shivved a player, mm-hmm. you should then stare at the other, another player while sharpening your pencil with the shiv. Yeah, that's really important. Now, costumes. Very important. Mm. Now, the first thing to do is to gauge what sort of costume you're going to need by the type of game. Mm-hmm. So let's say, for example, 1920s Call of Cthulhu. That's quite simple. That's medieval renaissance. Now, yes. it seems very strange when you first get to it. No. But you really want to push the historical angle. And there's nothing mm-hmm. more historical than the renaissance. It's it's the most historical period of history. Yes, 100%. That's why, that's why they teach it first. Yep. Or say, for example, GURPS. Now, GURPS, if you can, procure mm-hmm. a stereotypical spaceman helmet. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, um, not like a, a realistic one, but no, like like, a, like 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 a bubble dome. Yeah, a fifties pulp spaceman. Yeah, there. they're quite hard to come by. But if you really want to enjoy GURPS, and again, like enjoy yourself at yeah. this, you've got to you've got to be you've got to be prepared to put a little bit of effort in. Okay. And the best part of that is you can just put your thumb over the air valve and stop playing mm. GURPS. Mm. Now, a lot of people are going to ask you about questions about your character, who mm. they are. What they're doing. This guy, this guy is the games master, the one you kissed. He's going to ask you. He's going to ask you a lot of questions about what your character's doing. Don't feel pressured to reveal anything. No, that's your information. This is yours to keep. And if these motherfuckers are going to stomp up and down on your liberties, don't let them. In, in, all information innately has a value. Mm-hmm. And that's it's why a... it's called the information age. Exactly. And it's all about working out what that value is to the other players. Mm. And then extorting them for it. What's your AC? I don't know. What's it worth to you? Fuck knows. Exactly. Yeah. Give us a quid. Maybe I'll tell you. Hmm. I think. I think that's. I mean, that's quite a lot to take in. I think. So we've we've probably got enough advice there for the first one. Yes. Second one, you're going to get into things like calisthenics. Um. What sort of what sort of food you want to bring that sort of thing? But we'll just we'll stick to the um. Stick to just the kissing and the fighting. Yeah, I mean, if you do want to bring food to the first one, it's a whole head of lettuce. Because obviously you need to be healthy at the games table. Undressed. Lettuce, I should say. Don't dress that. Well, what if Um, someone doesn't like the dressing? Then then they can't eat. That's not fair. Now, obviously, so so like, um, where I came from, we weren't encouraged to share the lettuce. Oh, really? That that, that was just for you to eat, again, possibly while you were sharpening the pencil and stuff. No, see, in my groups, the lettuce was always passed around the table. Like a sort oh. of communion cup. Oh, that's nice. Mm. Like a like a um, like a spliff or Dixie cigarette. <laughs> yeah, so the, the last hip flask before going over the uh, over the top of the trenches. 
<laughs> Don't hog the lettuce, mate, you'd say. <laughs> Bogart the Berg. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you broke it. Yes. That 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 bit was stuttering, stuttering to a final death. You just kicked it hard in the side. Finish it. Finish it. <laughs> oh, I got to ask me a question. <laughs> oh well. What are the best ways to play, find players for your games by Lucart two one four? So what you want to do, ideally, um, if there's anyone who is really easy to fight <laughs> during the fighting process, you want to bring them in. Actually, should we answer this one possibly in a useful manner? Yeah, let's try. Yelling? <laughs> Just walk outside and scream. Yeah, yeah. Corkathoo 7th edition! <laughs> Just see, like, little nerds pop out of bushes like a bunny <laughs> rabbit. <laughs> we all jumped together in session zero! Can I join the character before? No! Essentially, it depends what game you want to play. Mm. Like... Different games have different resources. So Go there's on. various sort of generic RPG discords, which are really useful, that all have um, different looking for group channels. That's true. And the Reddit looking for mm. group channels and stuff like that. But when you start getting specific, you have more chance of finding somebody who wants to play a game exactly like you. That's true, yeah. I think if you if you just wander up and say, game, then no yeah. one knows what you're offering. So, for instance, if you want just any kind of game, there's there's the RPG Talk Discord, which you can find fairly easily just by Googling for RPG Talk Discord. Okay. But if you want to play Call of Cthulhu, mm-hmm. if you go to yogsothoth.com, which is entirely about Call of Cthulhu, they have mm. a player locator. Uh-huh. And that, so it just puts your pin on Google Maps and tells you how far away you are from the nearest other person. See, this all sounds very technological. I'm quite impressed. Yeah, my my general way of finding players in my games is to make friends with people, but but not quite. Is <laughs> to nearly make friends with people, then get nervous and ask them what they think an elf would do. That also works, to be fair. In this situation, I think it's it's it's, it's important to make friends, but I don't know. Like I um, I think the best way you can find players for your games is to go and play other people's games. And yeah. go and go and hang out and try and get involved. If there is a scene, try and get involved in it. I so it turns out I, I I ran a game last night at a pub in Stratford called Secret Weapon. We normally run on Thursdays. It was Tuesday last night when I went and ran it. Turns out Tuesday night is role play night at Secret Weapon. I'd forgotten. Okay. So so the entire pub was booked and we had to play in the garden. Amazing. <laughs> and it's in a rainstorm. Ah, oh, less amazing. Yeah, well, we were undercover, oh, but okay. um, but it felt a bit weird because because everyone else there had chipped in two pounds fifty, um, for um for for charity, and we were running an unauthorized off the books role playing game, <laughs> a black op. I was it was great as well because like like the table next to us had this big tactical map and like nine players, and they were all talking about pluses and minuses to hit and like. Like combat reflexes and shit, and my and my character, my players were like, "How handsome is the orc? Can we kiss him?" Ah, <laughs> oh, so you were having fun while they were playing a game. I think I think both parties were having fun. Okay, but we were having the right kind of fun, <laughs> bigger fun, <With> handsome orcs. <laughs> but if you can get involved in that scene, I mean, like, I think part of the problem as well is if you live somewhere where there isn't a scene. Hello, yeah, like you, you live in the woods. Yep. 
and uh, all the wolves there insist on playing hero system, which you will not <laughs> endorse. I, I will not indulge a wolf to hero. Mm. How would you flank um, players for your games then, Chris? Uh, Through the discords? Yeah, uh, what I do is I, is I tend to start a discord related to a podcast. And then, and then co-opt people into playing games. I will there. say that's been really fantastic in terms of having people to hang out with. Yes, genuinely has. <laughs> and then we've got kind of this little friend farm <laughs> who give us money to listen to. It. Uh, well, sorry, uh, sorry. I mean, like it's a, it's, 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 it's a, it's a community which we tend, yeah, like a farm by 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 dropping rich ear manure <laughs> onto the ground. But it's like at every con, I'm pretty much guaranteed at least one hearty dice friend is going to be there. That is nice because that's how small the scene is in the UK. I think we've got we think we've got like eight listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we have more than eight, but yes, I get your point. Yeah, um, conventions are hard work, but actually, one of the best ways you can get a handle on someone, one of the best ways you can get to know someone, is by interacting with them socially outside of a game. Yeah, and so by by going along by by joining up for a game, if it's at a pub or at a neutral location, and then you're able to hang out and chat with people and get to know them, and then it's oh, this person seems nice. I'd like to. It's making friends, you know. Yeah. This seems like pretty basic shit to explain. I must say, I don't really know how to do it. I've lucked into every friend I've ever had. Well, exactly, and that's that's one of the things. Like when you hit like your mid thirties, yeah, most people are too busy to make new friends. They've already got a, a stable. That's true. I mean, we've got one friend each. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much all you need. It's great. Well, it's not. But... Hey. <laughs> Sorry, do you mean one friend each in addition to each other? Yes. Because I, I meant each other. Oh. Uh, what? <laughs> Who have you been talking to behind Have you back? been talking to other boys? Is, is this the Steve character <laughs> I've heard so much about? Yes, I have a friend called Steve. Oh, but you went to school with them as well. I did. I'm not okay with that. I went I'm to school you with a, you too. Well, different school. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. As an e- fans writes in and asks, as an evil wizard, which two monsters are you stitching together to go fuck up those pesky adventurers? Um, I'm thinking any terrifying, deadly monster, mm-hmm. like an otiuk or grill, mm-hmm. and a little bunny rabbit. Ah, for the, the whole the old wolf in sheep's clothing. Exactly. Gambit. Now that was that was a sort of tentacled tree stump and a little bunny rabbit on top. Yes, which lured adventurers in with a little bunny rabbit. I don't know why they would go over to the bunny rabbit. I suppose when you're hunting. Yeah, or or or, or maybe you're like, hey, there's, there's an adorable little rabbit. Go pet it, and they're like, oh, a lovely rabbit. I'll go hang out with it. And I'll then go touch squelch. it. Mm. Adventure of death. I'd go for an owl, owlbear, bear. So hang on, is that three monsters? No. It's an Albert Albert. Oh, okay. I've, sand- but... I've sandwiched an Albert in the middle. So you cut it in half vertically, left yes. one intact, and then stuck the two sides back on. I'm not sure how, how it's all. I put them in the Jeff Goldblum fly machine. It does the thing. Okay. It comes out. I'll be honest with you, everything comes out looking a little bit like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> you shouldn't put Jeff Goldblum in the machine at the same time, then. I, he keeps appearing in there. I can't get him to leave. He's flying in at the last second. <laughs> Damn it, Jeff Goldblum! I think I think you can get some particularly dangerous monsters out of this. Mm-hmm. Like if you get two monsters of different um, elements or climates or 
skill sets, essentially. What ones which kind of counteract each other's weaknesses? Yes. Hmm. What about a beholder cross with a horse? <laughs> I think you get the world's best centaur. <laughs> No, I'd put I'd, I'd I'd take off the horse's head, but put the beholder head like roughly in the middle of the horse's back, like a table. It's just a normal beholder, but instead of eye stalks, they all end in horses' heads. <laughs> and the central eye is just hooves. It's just a horse, but it's one one giant fucking eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, horses are funny. There are ducks and horses. Now that those are monsters, but I wouldn't want to fight it. Yeah, a dragon jellyfish. That'd be nightmarish underwater. Oh, it's gonna look so cool and so gross. Yeah, like this ethereal oh, like see-through that. dragon. That's some Dark Souls shit, man. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. I like that. Um, how about a bug bugbear bear? <laughs> now that isn't a bugbear cross with a bugbear. That's okay. a bug and a bear and a bugbear. Okay. How would it? How would it mesh? Uh, well, you've got the carapace of a bug, mm-hmm. the uh, brutish intelligence and weapons use of a bugbear, okay, uh, and and the body of a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have those kind of like three horns that stag beetles have? Yes. Also, those are cool. Also, the back opens up, and you can definitely hear the wings unfurl. Ugh. Imagine that! Imagine that wet little noise. Oh, I'm not happy with it sort of creaking noise. It couldn't fly, I guess, because, you know, it's got a bear stuck to it. What about a behir and a millipede? What's a behir? That's the I don't dra- know. What's a behir with you? <laughs> that's What's a behir? Dra- that's the dragon with, like, a hundred legs. Oh, I think I made that behir joke last time you mentioned one of the podcasts. I think you did. Yeah, uh, so it's, it's a hundred-legged dragon. Yes. Crossed with a... Millipede. So it's got just loads of legs. Just too many legs. They're on the top, they're on the sides... What about Bahia crossed with an escalator? <laughs> what you've got there, now, sir, is a treadmill. Now, conceptually, it's hard to get your head around, but stick with it, and I, I, I promise you, you'll be rewarded. <laughs> what does it look like? Well, what, what doesn't it look like, eh? A car? It doesn't look like a car, you're correct. <laughs> It's like saying a phone booth and a toffee apple. (laughs) (laughs) Ooze has a rich facet which we can exploit by combining it with something. Yeah, I mean, you could combine that with anything. Go on, then. Ooze and skeleton. Oh, gelatinous cube and horse. (laughs) I'm just combining everything with horses. It's a gelatinous horse. (laughs) Largely invisible. Aside from the bits of grass floating in its mouth, I guess sugar lumps. All you, all you hear is this squelching noise, and then the sound of hooves coming down the corridor. Well, like has it got horseshoes? Yes, but under the ooze. Ah, okay. It's like it's, it's like it's like someone thumbing silly putty into a window. <laughs> yes. Um, so we've come down to either. Jellyfish dragon, mm-hmm. or gelatinous horse. I, li- I like skeleton ooze. Skeleton ooze. Sell me on skeleton ooze. So imagine just like a normal skeleton, right? But the internal cavities of all the bones are ah, filled with ooze. Okay. 
So, like, the chest is full of it, but even, like, where the bone marrow was is full of it. So whenever you break a bone, ooze comes out. Oh, and, like, like so, like, you, you, you crack the forearm in half, and then it, it drops to the floor, and then the ooze starts dragging it back up. Yeah. And I like, did a pantomime for that. There was no need. This is an audio medium. Yeah. And I and hurt like, my arm doing it. <laughs> tentacles of ooze lash out from the chest cavity. Oh, that's gross, yeah. Or like, uh, like you, you smash your, your, your mace down into its chest and then it, it, the ooze grabs your mace and starts pulling it in. Yeah. That's cool. That hey, that's alright, I like that. And, and plus, like, it sort of, it doesn't feel too fantastical to be in there, so like, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, gelatinous horse might seem a bit silly. Could do. But Depends the gelatinous, the gelatinous skeleton, that's something there, isn't there? Yeah. You've, you know, you've, you're pretty good at this, mate. You should do one of the monstrous manuals. I should do. I sh- should fire in the velvet horizon. Is that a book? Yes. Good. Ask me a question. Owen asks, what's the most you've ever tried to bite off as a GM? Also, was it more than you could chew? <laughs> what a weird way to ask that question. Right? <laughs> that is vague. All right, guys. Brace yourselves, because I'm going to bite off. <laughs> How much? Loads. I once tried to fit a whole cake in my mouth. Didn't work. <laughs> but we all had fun, which is the important thing. And at that point, it was too difficult to chew. Mm. You just had, you just had to sort of, like, just sick it out. Yeah, it was not fun for anyone. How big was the cake? Was it, was it like one of those individual it, Marks and Sparks cakes? Imagine you're at, right. you're at a six-year-old child's birthday party uninvited. Are you six, or is this, like, last year? Just imagine okay. you're at a six-year-old birthday party uninvited okay how old am i somewhere in the 30s range okay right yeah and you've just seen a cake Mm. and you've you've decided in front of everybody the clown (laughs) the parents the kids Mm -hmm. that you're going to just eat that cake i like i like to imagine that your thought processes in this situation were like i really want that cake i don't want to try and cut the cake i want to try and get this over and done with (laughs) i need to get in before i'm thrown off the property (laughs) <laughs> had best be done quick or not at all <laughs> the police response time to this house is under two minutes <laughs> I've got one and a half minutes before, so, so I can finish this then get on my bike and run right, right away without choking I've got one shot at this <laughs> come on Taylor you were born for this trampoline and on what, the cake what kind of cake was it um, it was a strawberry Victoria sponge. Oh, lovely! That you see, you see. I think, I think, if I had to eat an entire cake in one go, that's what I'd pick. Like a gato is too gooey. Yeah, for sure. And like, and like a chocolate cake's too rich. Yep. And like, like you get that, you get that, that little bit. You get that, that uh, chocolate tang at the back of your throat, and then you're gagging. Yep. You don't need that. The police are already coming. <laughs> They've already been called. Already there. Maybe like a, maybe like a nice a nice lemon drizzle cake. Yeah. Although that might be a bit sickly. No, I think I think I think Victoria sponge. I will I will always fuck up a slice of Victoria sponge. Yeah, unless they put cream in it. Don't put cream in Victoria sponges, people. No, not cream. Um, it's like buttercream. Buttercream. No, any kind of cream. Gross. What? What do you have? Jam. Yeah. Jesus Christ! It's not the fucking war, Chris. No, but also... We're not under rationing. I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, yeah, that'll do that. But you can have butter, can't you? Like, it would be literal pain if I eat that. You can have butter. I I have butter. But, like, aren't you allowed to eat butter? No. Or is that lactose? Oh, okay. But I have butter. I've seen you eat cheese. I'm not sure how lactose intolerant... I guess you're lactose intolerant, but you're lactose accepting. (laughs) Yeah. I will put my body through some shit for cheese. 
<laughs> and you will put some shit through your body. <laughs> Cheese is important, all right. Yeah, it's it's one of mankind one of mankind's greatest inventions. After bottled sparkling water, ecstasy, and the wheel. <laughs> in that order. In that order. Unless the order they were invented in. <laughs> I read an interesting thing about wheels recently. That there's no real reason they should exist. I like. Like, like, sorry. You need infrastructure before a wheel becomes valuable. You, but you need you to, you need, you, you need to want to move stuff between places. That's, that's the thing. Like, you need roads. You need paths. You need human settlements which have that repeated um, level of, wa- of of walk on them. So, so you can have something which which, which uh, you, you can build a car or what have you, which you can push a a, a, a wheel device. With. But like a lot of a lot of South America, for example, there the the forest the forestation and the the jungle um, biomes there just they're, they're, they've never had wheels. There's no need for wheels. They don't do anything. No, the only sort of fringe case I can see where a wheel would get invented without infrastructure is when you're making millstones. That's true, and things like that, like tool-based wheels rather than transport-based wheels. Yeah, and then and then like you'd come down to the mill, and that and the, those rowdy um, teen mill hands would be would be riding the, uh, the, <laughs> the grinding stone around the the courtyard. You're like, hang on a sec, this gives me an idea. Footloose, starring <laughs> Kevin Bacon, <laughs> getting your shoelace trapped in the mill wheel and crashing it into another windmill, <laughs> crashing it into a barn. <laughs> Should we answer the question now? Nah. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no. Okay. What's the most? What's what's the most you've ever? It was. Um, um, I ran a game of D twenty modern for you and two other lads mm-hmm. many moons ago, and I hadn't really planned it out. I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't super happy in my life at that time, and I'd given you all some very strange magical items, <laughs> which I'd come up with without really thinking about what they did. And um, there was a what was it called? It was called. I think it was called Privacy's Requiem or something, which was a ring, and you uh, it, it was it was a once per day thing. You it, you turned the gem to face the inside of your palm, touched a wall, and it demolished any wall. <laughs> I, I, I was like, that's a cool thing which the player can't abuse. And then later that session, I gave you a big circular tower. And, and the player with the ring just, just walked up to it and demolished the whole thing. Yep, one more. I was like, oh, okay. I need five minutes, lads. Guess that's on me. Yeah, and I, I bumbled through the rest of the session and then never ran again. Yeah. Uh, and that was very much... Um, that was that, that was where I bit off more than I can chew in that I gave you ways to fuck with the universe in ways that I had not prepared for. And also I was like 22, 21 at the time, I think. So this was this was God ten years ago, and I was much less comfortable in giving players control of the campaign. Yeah, and reacting like now, to destroy, that quickly. Destroy every fucking wall I got. I don't care. I can build more. <laughs> Go I'm and covered in more walls. walls. I just come up. I got more walls than I know what to do with back here. <laughs> Next to the infinite orcs, I can send into your bedroom to kill you. I think my more than I could chew was I started a Trail of Cthulhu adventure. Hmm. With a load of people who had never played Trade of Cthulhu before. Have they played a gumshoe game before? No. Oh no. And was, was, was the Armitage Files? It was just before I ran the Armitage Files. Ah, okay. And this is one of the reasons why I quickly segued into the Armitage Files. <laughs> um, I, was, I was sitting there on my computer and heard a knock at my door. 
and there was one of my players and I'm like hey what you, what's, what's up it's like, oh it's the game tonight it is <laughs> I had no idea of the day so I had done zero preparation now, for a gumshoe a game that's a problem for gumshoe because gumshoe, the prep, preparation for gumshoe involves writing a short whodunit novel yes at least and having then an idea distilling that into a, into a series of plot beats like if I at least have the end point of a gumshoe game then I can improvise the rest of it yeah, I guess and I can, so. I can pull the clues together and make the story interesting. Yeah. I had nothing. Zero. Like, what, had they made their characters yet? No. That's something. That was something. I had to Get them to that. make their characters. And it was just... And just, just pretend you're going into the basement and then, and then crouch down behind the sofa and hurriedly write a game. I was so out of my depth and it just became this meandering thing with oh, no, no real... Pace or destination. You get you get that sensation, don't you? Like you get that it's like this isn't going well. Yeah, this isn't working. They seem to be enjoying it. Like they were looking forward to the next, the next session. Wow. Or are they ju- are they just saying that though? But kind? I was just panicking every time. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? What the fuck? Don't touch those dice. <laughs> so I think that was the big time where I just definitely gotten myself in over my head, and it was for six people as well. Ugh. What have we learned from those four people? Have an yeah. idea. Yes. Those are the two poor concepts. My my hard limit is six. Yeah. And I think four is my sweet spot for running games. Yeah, I, I 100%. cannot. Like, I see these motherfuckers with nine people. It's like, what are you doing? How do you hear anybody at that table? Yeah, and like, how are you catering to these people's entertainment? Yeah, like, if nothing else, the person who's furthest away is going to mm. be far away from you. Yeah, <laughs> you've got a distance problem there. That's why whenever I'm jamming for groups of six or larger, I will sit in the middle of the table and spin on a lazy Susan, <laughs> so everyone's equidistant. <laughs> oh, it turns out by the way, when we when we try and sing together in podcasts, it never syncs up, and it oh. sounds like shit. Well, we'll we'll cancel that bit. Then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've got a question for you. Ask me. RPGs for players who don't want to get into character. This was sent in by someone called Gorilla Richards. <laughs> That's a superhero name. That's brilliant, isn't it? Or like, or like, like a pulp hero. Yeah. Or a car salesman. Well, a jeep salesman. So I'm not sure I fully understand the question. Maybe you could help me decipher it. Okay, get into character is in quotes. Yes. So is it? Is it RPGs for players who just refuse to get into character? Mm. Or is it RPGs for players who literally just don't want to and just want to play a game? I have no further information on the question because I've closed the window. Ah, that's, that's a hurdle. So, okay. uh, so pick one. <laughs> okay, so how, how, about, how about the first one? So if it's they're refusing to get into character, yeah. mechs. Me- mechs? Play robots. Ah, there you go. Giant robot doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter. They don't have a personality. In fact, I, I can recommend there's, there's a new role playing out called called the uh, the Mecha Hack. It's a hack of the Black Hack. Ah, it's very good. Good. I was pleasantly surprised. It's affordable. It's a, it's a nice. The, the art's nice in that there is some. Like good. the Black Hack doesn't really have any art in it. There's lots of cool drawings of big robots. It's like one of the character classes is heavy armor and big gun, which is my favorite thing. <laughs> is it I love it clock? very much. Um, well, 
Chris, you'd be happy to hear, overclocking your mech is one of the core elements of the game. <laughs> Excellent. You have a reactor dice, which you roll and you get in, like, to, to do special stuff. Okay. So, def- yeah, mechs is a great core. I like that. Also, um, maybe don't roleplay with those people. Yeah. Board games. Bo- war games. Play Malifaux. Play 40k. Uh, Overwatch. Yeah, video games. Dinner. Have dinner. Dinner and Go everything. for a walk. Get on one of those big, what those big wheels they call that you sit on. Ferris wheels. Oh, I was going to go penny farthing. Get on one of those penny farthings. Take him for, give, give him a surprise. <laughs> Spook them on an old tiny velocity. No, I'm sorry, you can't get you can't get on this bike unless you're dressed for a Renaissance fair. It's the, the most, most historical dress for the most historical bicycle. Now put on this breastplate and hop on my fucking penny farthing. <laughs> We're going to see Infinity War. <laughs> On the top. At a drive in the theatre. Which I wish we can see from the top of the Ferris wheel. <laughs> so we're not going to see the whole thing. I've got the Wikipedia page here to fill in the gaps. <laughs> we're going to see exactly 40% of the movie as I've calculated the rotational speed of the... <laughs> Of the ride. And I've bribed the operator to A, let us bring the bike on, and B, let us stay on for the majority of the film. <laughs> we will miss any after after credit scenes and large quantities of the introduction. Hope you bought food. You can't have any of mine. And we can't get off. I got chowder. <laughs> Just a big steaming packet of chowder out your pocket eating it with a spoon. Oh no, actually I do have some loose shrimp if anybody wants one. Yeah, if you want if if, if anyone wants these leftover shrimp, they are up for grabs. No? No? Okay. Gross. Let's do that with them. Yeah. Um what about systems where they're un- where they're unsure about how to get into character and you need to trick them? Well I suppose one way you could do it is to just play D and D. Yeah. And see what they do. Yeah, tr- yeah, and then tell them every time that they make a good character decision based on their character. Yeah, but they've got, you've got the inspiration mechanic for that, haven't they? Mm. Yeah, and I think that can slowly start reinforcing it if that's the only group you've got and you don't want to go for yeah. new friends, or you really like these people and you really want to get them involved. Let's do the penny farthing thing. Honestly, that's, <laughs> that's the easiest idea. way. That is, that's really the only other option you've got. Yeah, that just cuts right to the quick. Ask me a question. Uh, Owen asks, tool proficiencies in D&D. Any point? No. 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 That, that is the most uh, but, boring thing I can think of. Um, haberdashery, that's different. Millinery, that's solid. Yep. A millinery skill, that, 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 that then I'm in. Apparently this was, this was in, this was in, uh, this question was asked after someone in, on the critical role uh, p- popular role-playing show. Um, spent five minutes looking up to see if anyone could fix a cart. Yeah. I don't know why they do that. Why not why just would... say yes? Yeah, or no, none of you can fix a cart. Let's see what drama arises. Yeah. I don't see how that's fun, I guess. I, I think... In a survival horror game, where it's like, oh, like we need, we need to get someone who can fix a generator. Well, and the old man bastard can fix the generator, and he yep. lives at the top of that tower. Or like what Shadow the Demon Lord does by giving you profession backgrounds. It's like 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 catch all. Yeah, like really vague things. Like yeah. you were a carpenter. Like a carpenter mm. could probably fix a a wagon. 
have Wouldn't a go be, at it. It might not be pretty if you're doing it on the road, but you can make it work. Not a wagon right, but, you know, they know which end of a hammer to hold. Yeah, exactly. It's the wooden end. <laughs> no, this hammer's entirely made out of metal. What do I do? Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's just hovering in my hand. I'm going to leave the blacksmith for this. No, it's not interesting. It's not fun. There's so much fucking minutiae in role-playing games. I Is think, it minutiae? Minutiae? Grit? Yeah, I think that's the real point of this question. Like, yeah. How granular do you need your system to be? How many ways can you say no to your players? <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, you don't have points in cart repair. I guess you can't repair the cart. It doesn't matter. Yeah. What, what's the game about? If the game's about fucking cart repair, then yeah. If it's not, then just fucking gloss over it. It's like, it's like treading water rules in Shadowrun. Different rules for swimming and treading water. No. No. No, like, it, it does take place in a city with a river in it, I believe. It's in Seattle, which has a river. Like a big, a big okay. one. Is, is, is that on the coast? It's, on the, it's on the coast. It's on the coast. Yeah, so it takes place on the coast. Cool. Fine. It just doesn't seem like the sort of thing you need to have an entire two paragraphs devoted to. No. About, am I going to drown? Well, that seems a bit weird. That seems like an odd way to go out. Are you carrying a fridge? And do you refuse to let go? <laughs> It's like these guys are like like orc wizards holding rocket launchers that shoot computers. <laughs> they're, they're called decks. I oh, sorry, decks and drones, right? Yes, you sorry, rigs, rigs, rigs. That's it. Rigs. Fucking Shadowrun. <laughs> there was a guy. There's a guy posted on Reddit recently. He said, "Hi, I really like the system of Shadowrun, but I don't like the setting. What can I do?" It's like you are literally the only person. <laughs> To ever have this, you, uh, you know what? Unusually, you have a unique complaint, my friend. Yes. Bloody hell! Um, no tools, don't, don't. Just, just say yes. Just let people do things. It doesn't matter. Or what? if you think it would be genuinely more fun, yeah, saying no. But there's a way. There's something else you can do that's fairly obvious. Yeah. Old man bastard. He repairs cuts. Like, for instance, if I was doing a proper old school haunted house thing mm-hmm. and their car broke down outside of a haunted mansion mm-hmm. then no nobody has the skill to repair the car that makes sense yes because the whole point of this is you're going to that haunted mansion and like that perhaps like, like the door creaks creaks open and this, and this skeletal man comes out and is like oh, I repaired a car or two in my day why don't you bring it into the mausoleum <laughs> That's where I have my workshop. That's not suspicious at all. Oh, drink this poison. I mean, wine? (laughs) I mean, antifreeze. No, no, the second one. Okay. I've killed a dog. (laughs) In your car. (laughs) Look at the back seat. Ah. What a mess. <laughs> Oopsie doodle! Don't oh. open the boot! <laughs> okay, should we wrap up the show? Yes, sorry. <laughs> it's full of women's shoes. <laughs> what, the dog? <laughs> the boot. That's why it dies! Thank you for listening to Hearty Dice Friends, what is ostensibly a role playing advice podcast. We love you. 
We especially love you if you donate. You can donate to our podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash high dice friends and slinging us some cash. You can also, if you want to, if you want to post about us like on on social media or tell your friends or leave a review, we'd really love that. If you can sort, if you can spread the word about this strange podcast, thing. this strange thing which we do, which I think actually occasionally gives some good advice. Yeah, but if nothing else is unique. Hmm. Yeah, no other podcast to two middle-class white men just mouthing off into microphones. Not quite like us, though. <laughs> they generally talk about the topic. Most of them are American. Ah, true. That, that's, that's the other thing about podcasts, is they never go off on tangents. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you've enjoyed listening to us, but you're like, hey, I really wish I could listen to it without Chris interrupting Grant all the time. And I was on a podcast this week called Death of a Thousand Cuts, which is a podcast by a chap called Tim Clare, who is a stand-up poet and writer. Uh, I talk about game design and stuff on there, and uh, it was actually pretty good. It was nice. It was nice to be on there. And also it was a podcast that he edited, and I had no part in editing it whatsoever, which was nice. <laughs> um, on that subject, it's Chris's turn to edit this week. Yes, and I've got to do it literally today. Mmm, Delicious. Um, we can also be found on Twitter at HDF Podcast. You can send us an email at heartydicefriends at gmail.com. We adore you. We have built a statue in your honour. You know those two statues in Lord of the Rings? And it's like... And they're going past on the boats and the, and the big elves are there? You know those ones, Chris? I do know those ones. Those are fucking tiny compared to the ones we've made of you. This is like, we're talking like Mount Rushmore, but the whole body. A fucking giant statue of you, which we've had to get some... We've had to... (sighs) People throw around the phrase Banana Republic a lot. (laughs) And dictatorship a lot, a lot. And like UN regulations and trade sanctions. But listen, we had to do some things. We've pulled it off. We have a statue of you built on a giant island. Well, so quite a small island. Giant statue. It's there. Just to say thanks. Yeah. Thanks for that. We want to invite you to come and live in the head with us. It's hollow, obviously. Yeah, we put, well, we couldn't ask you to live in a... We're not going to seal you inside a statue like it, like it was your tomb, is what I'm saying. I don't <laughs> need to feel threatened by it. That's ridiculous. We'd never do that. We've done, <laughs> we've, we've, no. We've done that already. It's, it's sacred now. So, thank you for listening. We love you. Get in the statue. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>